The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And the screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill. It's a dangerous so. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me so. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who goes this town tonight. Hey, welcome to the Quantum Lot Sports Talk. It is another Tuesday morning. We got a full house. And by full house, we got Deborah Debris back in the studio. Ooh, Along with Alex Clancy, don't forget our Clancy's Corner and Down and Dirty with Deborah. Second and third segment, mm-hmm. what are we going to talk about? Jeremy Lin? <laughs> again? <laughs> Jeremy One again, Lin? We're going to talk about Jeremy Lin, but you know what? Uh, it's, it's some golf to be talked about as well. Phil mm-hmm. Mickelson draining the putt. We were talking off the air about that, or the Northern Trust. And we talked about Phil Mickelson last week and what he did uh, to win a tournament last year, last week. Outstanding win for him. His confidence is level. It just go up. And you can just see Phil Mixon and how he go about his business. This guy is a real family man who can separate the two, but he keeps his family there. And when it's time to go back to business, he can make a put. Yeah, now, yeah, he I, can shut it off and go back to go back to what he needs to do, get that focus going. And I think that's awesome. I think that right there, one of the things, one of the top three, top three things that defines an athlete or a professional. Now, is mm. all those guys are athletic and they're athletes. But professionally, guys like Phil Mickelson, um, I, I also like Freddie Couples. I like those type guys, right. the old school guys who can turn it on and turn it off, still be who they are as a person, uh, interact with the fans, and go out there and get the thing, get the job done, and make putts when they need to make putts, just to stay in the hunt. Now, Alex, you saw the uh, the 35 foot putt. Yeah, it was uh, it was crazy how they both, uh, him and Keegan Bradley, both hit their approach. And uh, Phil was on, Phil was in the first cut, and the announcer was saying, "Here's here's your one in a hundred. He hasn't made something. He hasn't made anything all round, barely anything all week, and he just drains this putt. That I mean, in in normal Phil form, where he he hits shots, makes makes shots, make putt that he's not supposed to make, drilled that, and then Keegan Bradley sucked it up and hit his 15, 17 footer to tie and go to a playoff as well. So. That that was a hell of a way to get into um get into the playoff with Bill Haas ending up winning on the second yeah. playoff hole. And Bill Haas came out of nowhere. You know he was exactly. he was he was done before these guys were done. Right. Uh, but he put up some great numbers, and I think he had an eagle on the uh, back nine, which he put. I think he was minus six, minus six or seven. But he came out of nowhere. Uh, his dad probably ten years ago finished that uh, course about. You know, he came in third. He came in third ten years ago, and to see Bill Hoss uh, to win and and in the playoffs and still be able to come back, refocus his game is is one thing. Totally a huge a huge step in his direction for his uh his career. And to be on that 18th hole too. I mean, standing there, you know, over there with Andy during the practice rounds and stuff, and that. It, there's such a massive hill going up to the clubhouse. So if you're standing on the 18th green, there's a huge hill that's the gallery, which is all the bleachers and stuff. And then there's a little area that's roped off on the other side and a hill on the the third side. So it's it, you are on a stage. I mean, you are in a valley sitting there. All eyes are on you. Um, a magnificent view. 
Um, Let's talk about our hometown guy, Andy Walker. <laughs> and, you know, uh, you talking about the hill and being isolated. Mm-hmm. I played in the Cadillac when I was just starting to play golf. I was nervous. My hands were sweating. And, I'm, and I can only imagine that these guys... Week in and week out. Some of these guys still get nervous and they play every week. Oh, absolutely. And, I, and just to be singled out because I got on, I get onto the tee box and uh, this is the Cadillac that was was in New Jersey and then it was called a senior tour, but we were playing with those guys and I played with Ed McCafferty mm. and I'll never forget it. For, I was so nervous that the first hole I actually parted. Right. N- not even close to the golfer that I am now, nowhere near it. Um, but being being on that stage and being isolated and being nervous, these guys do this week in and week out, and they got to hone in everything they know to settle them down. Absolutely. And, and Deborah, you do a good job at this with a lot of your uh, clients, with a lot of uh, guys, athletic guys, and that you're involved with. You hit them with some trigger points or maybe yeah, a word trigger or two. statements and that. Um, one of the things I do is we use the imagination, which is going into that light alpha state, taking them out into the future of when they are playing at their absolute very best, whatever that is for them. And then once they they make their play, whether it's a golfer that he's just you know made the putt or a football he's just made whatever his play was, then I ask them as they're in this alpha light relaxation state, what did you just say to yourself? And whatever that sentence becomes, that's their power statement, that's their trigger statement that they can get back to that state of excellence i mean in a heartbeat that's a good point and alex i don't know if you um um know anything about this and i'm sure you do but guys that that's a good point deborah make that at that time at that moment what was just said sometimes mm-hmm. guys uh you know sometimes guys get into a point where they like they don't even hear themselves they just go back to where that's right. mentally where this is where i want to be i've mm-hmm. seen this you know some type of deja vu i've seen this before uh but that is a great way to separate yourself from what's going on and getting the job done. Well, we use a trigger statement and then also another way to anchor it in, which is usually some type of body movement that, you know, if you see Tiger Woods, it's always that fist pump. Some guys, I've got one of my golfers, it's a click of the fingers. Mm-hmm. That when you make a good shot, there's something that you automatically do. With Andy, when he's driving, one of his things he realized when we were going through this um, imagination exercise, when he hits a good drive, his back foot does a little tap. You know, and that's his way of knowing. Good job. It's it's almost like an applause for the golfers. I call it a party in your head. It's your way of celebrating and locking in that emotion that you just did something good. I believe every athlete um, that's in that moment, they have something that yeah, you whatever can works. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah, right. It's whatever works. It's different for everybody. Yeah. You bet. They have some. I, I, but to be I'm, aware of it and use it is the important part. One of my uh, good buddies, Larry Sanders, he. Uh, he said, every time you hit a good shot, you do something with your shoulder. I'm like, why are you even watching me in that close? <laughs> <laughs> He's, uh, I say, well, my shoulder's moving all, play, Just all back game. Away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why are you watching me in that close? But, you know, every everybody has that's uh, competitive and athletically, uh, they have something when they know they're feeling right. good. And you mentioned a tiger pump. You mentioned Andy tapping his foot mm-hmm. or the snap of the finger. It, it is, that's, that's a true statement. Guys have that when they're ready to play, and you can see it right away. Yeah, even my linebackers or defensive ends or whatever, I mean, there's something when they make a tackle or they make a play, you know, whatever it is that's good for their position, there's something that they, when they can recognize what they automatically say and do and lock those two together every, each and every time, then their opportunity to make that great play again and again and again becomes much greater. Well, what happened this week in golf, I hope a lot of those guys, definitely uh, Andy Walker, who's uh, who's out here in Arizona, who works out mm-hmm. at the Legacy, Legacy Golf yeah. Course, I hope this builds the momentum for the rest of their uh, season um, and then this season for the rest of their year, uh, competitive golf years. Uh, because this this event, and we talked about, and Alex and I talked about Phil Mickelson, the way he goes right. about his business. He's, he's, he's come out of nowhere uh, mm-hmm. 
last week to win it. I right. mean, it's a grind. If you can't stay on that grind and stay focused and knowing that all I have to do is make it through Saturday and Sunday, and then I have a chance. And yeah. I think, and you can see some of the great athletes that get me to the Super Bowl, get me to the championship, get me into the playoffs, right. and I can make it happen. And anything can happen, but I want to be a part of making that anything happen. Right. Yeah. Make it, get me on the field. Do yeah. you know, they'll do whatever it takes to get themselves in the play right. on the field. And when I'm working with players, no matter again what sport they're in or what position they play, I always teach them that it's a moment to moment. I don't care what you're doing. It's moment to moment. Leave the last moment alone and deal with the moment you've got. Don't be thinking about the next moment and just stay present. Let me ask you guys, Alex, you got something? Mm-hmm. Let Go me ahead. ask you guys this. Uh, we were talking about golf, but let, let's move it over to basketball real quick and not Jeremy Lin's basketball. Mm-hmm. We're we going to get to him. Uh, Kobe Bryant, do you got you put any weight on or any onus on what Kobe Bryant did? Because I personally think what he did is what he was supposed to do. He's a, he's a NBA, one of the NBA leaders. He's uh, the Lakers leader. He is the guy for the Lakers. He's a captain. Why not be for your, your um, teammate? on and off the court and when situations like that when guys are talking about being traded and they still have to go out and do a job whether you want to say they're that professionally and they can block that out they could block they can block it out but when it's coming from your owner and when it's coming from uh, and maybe it takes that much more focus because it's coming from somebody in your organization uh, I don't think Kobe did anything wrong with uh, saying if you're going to trade them, trade them. If not, just leave it alone. But business, it's, it's the trade business anyway. I mean, you're always looking for the best talent out there to help your team down the long run. But I know I've been in the organization personally where it wasn't about winning. It was about what the Fortune 500 was going to say about us next year or this year at the end of the year, how much money did we make. And I, I think that's sad when... When it, when it looks like you're trying to win, when that's the appearance of you trying to win, but then you say and do different things totally opposite of, of, of what you're stating out there in the public. Yeah, I mean, I, there's no merit to what Tiger, for, to what Kobe said. There's no, there's no merit at all. I mean, he, he had to say this, you're right. I mean, if he would have said, trade him, he, I mean, Kobe would have been burned to the stake as much as he could be because of, you know, how big of a leader, how big of a, and Kobe of a spectacle Powell's he is. Off. Yeah, but I mean, Powell, Powell's a softie. Powell's always been a softie. Mm-hmm. I've become kind of bitter towards NBA players. Just shut up. You're making millions and millions of dollars. Oh, just, boy, here we go. Just, just play. Okay, when you got drafted by a team, you didn't get to pick what team you went to. You, there were 30 teams in the NBA. You were going to get to go to one of them. Okay? So you didn't get to choose then, so why should you get to choose You know, later on? Granted, David Stern screwed the Lakers out of Chris Paul, and look how New Orleans is doing this year. You know, they have the second worst uh, record in the NBA. Also the Clippers. Well, yeah, but I mean the Clippers are and the Clippers are three two games they have they're a better they're, team. Yeah, but they're two games ahead in the loss column than the Lakers. So I mean they're not doing that great. They're the four seed. You know, it's not like those guys are young, they're not gonna win this year. They're not gonna win next year. It's just not gonna happen. But David Stern screwed them and now they're 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 getting the ramifications of Pau Gasol's uh, feelings being upset, Lamar Odom crying and getting sent out of da- getting sent out to Dallas. So they're still dealing with it and now now the Lakers are in a tough spot because if they want to win, they're going to have to get rid of Bynum and or Gasol, you know, to get Dwight Howard, to get Rajon Rondo, to get somebody. So they're going to make a trade at some point. It just depends on when and for who. Yeah. So, and Kobe knows that, even though they're keeping him in the dark, quote unquote. Kobe knows that, so he's saying what he's supposed to say to uh, to make everybody happy now. But stuff's going to go down, and, and well, Kobe's think, not going to care. I honestly believe uh, Kobe is probably one of the realest guys in the NBA, and granted. Mm-hmm. 
he became more of, of a villain once he did what he did with his off the field stuff. But he was still Kobe. Uh, I don't condone, you know, what he did off the field. But Kobe's probably said and did everything he said he was going to say and do. Um, now you talk about the this is the business. I don't like um, and what because I don't like it don't mean it's not a valid point. Stop talking about these guys' money and and how much they making. Not you, just in general. It's fine. Um, it's the business. If they didn't have that money to pay them, they wouldn't pay it to them. They wouldn't. You couldn't give it to them. The money comes with the talent. Um, and I'm not saying they, the the talent and the money equals. It comes with it because some guys get paid more than others. That sitting on the bench. There was a guy sitting on the bench. Some guys over in Europe getting paid more than guys sitting on the bench for a, a NBA professional team or a professional team here in the states. That comes with it. So, um, and then you talk about guys who don't have. There's 32 teams that you want to go to. Well, Eli, I mean, uh, Eli Manning was one of the guys who said, "I'm not going to San Diego." He got to go where he want, where he wanted to. It worked out for him. But it was a whole lot of how can you say this when guys are dying to get in the position you are being drafted or playing playing at that next level coming out of a collegiate sport. You can't you can't say that. Kobe did exactly what he did. Now they're gonna get a guard, get it. Don't bring that you you wanna make the team better, you wanna make your organization better. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to even and I'm not talking about Kobe, I'm talking about the owners and the owners behind the owners. You don't have to make that public. You don't have to even say what we're thinking about trade. Because somebody asked you, you don't have to say we trade in power. Well, it was already it was, it was, it was, it was already out there. Well, so, that was when they was getting rid of Odom. That's what the trade with the the point guard that they need. They need a they need a point guard. That's obvious. Fisher can't get it done. But they have no bench in L. A. They need a point guard to take a little pressure off Kobe, bring that ball up. I would not get if I if I was to get rid of one of the two. Bynum was not would not be the one I get rid of. That guy's twenty four years old. Yeah. And he and he's coming into his own. I wouldn't get rid of him for a guy who's crying over in Orlando, who's not even playing for his team because he's crying. What is he going to do when he comes to the Lakers and things don't go his way? If well, he that's comes the thing. to the Lakers, I think I think Kobe said what everybody else was thinking. So you can't really fault him for speaking up and becoming a leader and showing his leadership uh, out loud to the public. I would expect my leader to do that. Yeah, exactly. But then you've got players that, you know, stuff is happening all around them. Part of the business is the trades and those type of things. But when they're on the court or on the field or whatever sport they play, that should be their time to focus. And it should be the time when they're most at peace, they're most in their zone, and they're most enjoying themselves. And they need to be at their competitive best for the benefit of the team as well as their own future career and the way everybody else is looking at them yeah well that's that's i think we all have our opinions on what kobe did kobe is the lakers um, i'm not saying he is the greatest laker but he is the lakers and he should have done what exactly what he did uh we'll come back we got clancy corner this is squam Life sports talk we'll be back in uh, the near future flagship station for sports voice america sports tune in to a show about making a comeback and what really goes on behind the scenes with your favorite athletes and beyond listen for the comeback radio show with tony farmer a lot of people believe what they read on the internet hear and see in the media and on the news we're going to give our guests the chance to tell the real story without the extra hype it's not just sports, although that will be a focal point of the program. We'll also look at the world of celebrities, music, modeling, and more. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. Ready for in-your-face sports? 
Want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about, either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go? You're not going to be shy here. Tune in to Here's the Deal with Mega and Steel, featuring Ike Mega Griffin and Sydney Steel Justice. We've got the facts to back up the talk and invite you to join us every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, just before the weekend on the Voice America Sports Channel. We tell it like it is. Your internet flagship station for sports. America Sports. Hey, welcome back to the Kwamala Sports Talk. We are going into our second segment, which is always the second segment. <laughs> <laughs> now we got the claims the corner coming up. We were talking a little about uh, we were talking COVID. We were talking about education. We we got. Clancy Corner's coming up right now, so we don't know what direction that's going to take us, but should be interesting. Yeah, Hang it, on. Strap uh, in. <laughs> I've heard a lot um, ever since this Jeremy Lin uh, phenomenon started. I've heard a lot of Tim Tebow talk as well. I think Kwame might give me a high five across the table here saying that I am sick of the Tim Tebow talk. <laughs> I'm done. You know what? Oh, yeah. He's doing his own thing. Yeah, he just tried to give me a high five. I denied it. Uh, there is zero correlation between the two, if you think about it. Granted, the insanity between uh, Tim Tebow when he came out and, and everything, it, it uh, you know, taking taking over the airwaves and TV and everything on SportsCenter, ESPN, same thing happened with Jeremy Lin. But let's look at this. The correlation between, there is zero. Jeremy Lin was undrafted. Tim Tebow was a first-round draft pick. Jeremy Lin went to a uh, virtual college unknown. You know, he went to Harvard. He played basketball there. Tim Tebow was a college superstar. Again, Jeremy Lin, Ivy League. Tim Tebow went to a high-profile football school in Florida. If you're going to compare him to any quarterback, I would say I'd be more of a Tom Brady. Because Tom Brady, 2000, six-round draft pick, 199th overall. And, you know, you saw what happened after Drew Bledsoe went down where uh, Tom Brady went as a quarterback. Now, with the whole team coming back, uh, the Knicks I, I'm talking about, Carmelo, Amare, Baron Davis, it'll be interesting to see... If Jeremy Lin will de- will demand the respect, command the respect, will his numbers go up or down? Now, but most importantly, where are the wins going to go? They won 8 out of 10 with Jeremy Lin at the helm, so to speak. 0-1 with Carmelo as of last night. But it, I, I, can't, I can't fault Carmelo. You know, Darren Williams went off for 38. It was more the defense's fault and not so much the offense last night. But the bottom line is, if Lin can handle the media pressure... Maybe some noise, you know, maybe they can make some noise in the playoffs. In two weeks, Jeremy Lin has led the Knicks from the 12th seed in the East to the 8th seed. Actually, the 7th seed now. They're, they're still under 500, but they're moving in the right direction. I, I, I kind of see, if he can get away from what I call the Strasburg effect, which is uh, referring to Steven Strasburg, who is the pitcher for the Washington Nationals, he came in. Had a had a crazy crazy uh, profitable start in his first five or six starts before hurting his arm because nobody had any real film on him, nobody had any real had any real notes on him, and I think that's kind of what's happening with Jeremy Lin and the Mike D'Antoni system because it breeds good numbers for for point guards, even though he turns the ball over seemingly you know seven or eight times a game. We'll see what happens. I mean, I think that with Carmelo, if Carmelo can play as a team. And not in, not in Carmelo time, they could actually make some real noise in the East. 
I just I, I don't think that Jeremy Lin. I personally I don't think that he has the cojones yet to lead a real NBA franchise with those two superstars on him, Amari and Carmelo. But, I mean, I guess we'll see. I mean, it, it'll be it'll be really interesting to see what he can do when he has the full team. I, I think Jeremy Lanfield in the right situation. He sat around and waited. Uh, I want to know whose fault is that. But my thing on, I like what Jeremy Lin is doing. I like that he's in the right place. Uh, if he was in Kansas doing this and not, you know, University of Kansas, but in the state of Kansas doing this, this wouldn't be so... Uh, media madness right now. He's in New York where the lights are shining. He's down in Broadway where the lights shine. It's almost like being in Vegas at night. This Jeremy Lin guy, um, my one, my only problem I have is not with him. It's what how you go pub him up and say he's going through some struggles. He didn't go through a struggle. Well, he's been he's from Harvard. Um, he he he's only been out uh Harvard a year and a half. What struggles are you going through when you've been traded from team to team to team to team and you've been in the league for four or five years and then you finally sat on the bench for the Knicks and got your got your opportunity because Carmelo went down, Baron Davis went down. Do you know they got uh Smith Smith over there? Yeah. Jeremy Lin just made that team a better team. Uh, coming off the bench in that system that Mark D'Antonio has, which is running gun. Now they can settle down and play some defense. Now you put a target on Lin's back because everybody want not having um not having information on this guy coming out of college. This is why I have a problem with scouting. Why you don't see this guy? If I was a scout to this day, and maybe if I was a scout for the National Football League, don't send me to Miami, Florida, Ohio State. Uh, don't send me to those schools. I'm going to the smaller schools. Send me where they're hungry. Send me where they're hungry, and yeah. I'm going to get you a Jeremy Lin every year. Mm-hmm. So what he's doing is exactly what he was able to do anyway. He just got a chance to do it in this offense, and he had nothing to lose. They was already under 500. He was already sitting on the bench. I'm going to come in and shoot my way on this team, and I yeah. think he does a good job. And that's why he turns the ball over because he doesn't understand the game yet. When Carmelo came in, and fans are so fickle, you wanted Carmelo there. When he came in, Carmelo was just trying to fit in. So this is a different role for Carmelo. Normally he has the ball and he's shooting lights out, turning the ball over. He's trying to fit into what they have go- good going on, and that's what Jeremy Lin being a, being the distributor. And um, now they have a bench. They have Baron Davis. They have Smith on the bench. They they went out and got Tyson Chandler, Amari Stoudemire, uh, Carmelo Anthony. This team could easily be the third team in the East. Well, and right now they're under 500. Well, that's the thing. When we look at uh, Jeremy Lin and, the, you know, we started out talking about the comparisons. I'm not real big on comparisons. You know, I'd rather look at him as an individual and say, what does he bring into the table that's right. new or different or better than what somebody else has brought? You know, and part of what he's bringing is enthusiasm right now um, and a uniqueness. You know, so I, I love that aspect of it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how he handles the media pressure and all of those type of things. Um, but to have had the experience that he's had as the trades and those type of things, if he did it right, which it appears that he may have, at least for a part of it, to sit and study and watch what's going on and learn and grow and practice with these guys and then now have the opportunity to take it out in the real world on the court and make his mistakes but learn and grow from them, I think is a great deal. It's kind of like a Cam Newton thing that he was out there, you know, throwing and blowing and going and not necessarily yeah. doing everything right, but every week he was learning and getting better, and I think Jerry Malin's going to do the same thing. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think that the turnover thing, uh, he has the ball 80% of the time when they're on offense. Like, it was just like Steve Nash. Steve Nash was one of the, always one of the leaders in turnovers every year because he had the ball the majority of the time on offense. 
So that, you know, it's not, you can't really worry about that. You can't really worry about the turnovers. If he's getting you 24 and 9 assists a night as a, you know, as a, pretty much a rookie, it's, uh, you got, you got to let the turnovers, you got to let the turnovers go, especially if you're winning. Uh, and the other thing about the struggles, you know, he, he got waived by a couple teams. Golden State, I think, was the first team to pick him up. In the summer pro league, he played against John Wall, who went number one overall that year. And John Wall had better numbers, but I think he shot like you know four for twenty-one or something. Jeremy Lin had like eleven point seven assists, and that was the first blip on the radar that people got from him. And it seems like you know ancient history now. But he was sleeping on his brother's couch, sleeping on Landry Fields, the Landry Fields' starting two guards couch when he signed with New York. And then uh, I think the deadline was February 7th that Mike D'Antoni, I think we talked about this last week, Mike D'Antoni... was about to release him. Hey, it, that, was, that was the date. So they let him play, and they're like, oh, my God. You know, <laughs> what, 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 what the hell happened? I still, I still personally don't feel he's struggled Indy at all. Uh, he, this has only been a year for him. Because you got cut from the Golden State Warriors. Golden State Warriors would love it's to all, have him right relative. now. They would love yeah. to have him right now. Mm. Struggles is a guy uh, trying to do this for years and years at a time. He, he This is one year he fell into the right situation where now everybody knows him. Now, if he wasn't in New York, we wouldn't be talking about Jeremy Lin because he wouldn't be going against that subpar teams that he's been playing other than the Lakers. Uh, the Nets comes out and scorches him. Um, there have been... Who the, the Dallas? They beat the Dallas Mavericks. They beat the World Champions. He's been playing nobody, and I'm not taking anything away from Jeremy Lamb because he's doing exactly what he's supposed to do. And I'm a, I'm a Jeremy great Lamb. opportunity to learn. Great opportunity. Mm-hmm. Why not beat the teams you're supposed to beat? Right. Uh, so, but Darian Williams comes out, who's probably the best guard in the league, and scorches this guy. And so, such um, so a reality check. Yeah, because you came in the last time this this happened, he was going against Darian Williams, and they win the game. Oh, ho, 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 ho. when he started. When he started, you talk they about Jeremy no, like he's a um, no, 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 no. But listen, when they had they had no Amari and they had no Carmelo, okay, they're not supposed to beat anybody. Why? Even though they're in New York, who do they have on that team besides Carmelo and Amari to score points? They have five professional NBA players who better go out. Yeah, there so, and do their so job. same with everybody else. So yeah. why? So why, so why, why they say they shouldn't lose? They should lose a win because they don't have Amari. That's what happens when the, when your star goes down. Somebody has to step when up. When both your stars go down, who cares how, how many so, stars so you, go down? So you you put the reins. You you expect to win when you put the reins of the team onto a kid that hasn't done anything in the NBA at all. I expected to win. That's what you're going out there to do for. You go no, out no, there. This you, is like this is like do. you know what, GM. I'm going to play him. So what's so those that other guys on the bench? What's those other thinking? guys on the bench for? Those other five professionals, those other seven professionals. To play on the 12 bench? to 14 minutes a game and when, not when win. they're resting. Okay, Amara Stoudemire goes down. He's done for the season. Uh, two weeks later, uh, Carmelo goes down. That's the end of the New York Lakers season. I don't. I'm not. I'm not. Pretty much. Enough, yeah. I'm not a good enough. That coach. team. Absolutely. I'm not a good enough coach that. that these are the reason why these guys are on my team. Coaching can't make players more talented than they are. Yes, but recruiting the right players and training them right and teaching them right can make them what, great what happened players. To recru- yeah. What happened to recruiting and, and how Jeremy Lin get passed up on all those 32 teams you mentioned about, That um, why he's not on one of those teams. And he was always this guy. He just come out the bench. He didn't have any playing time. You say he played in the summer league. Who cares? I can play in the summer league right now. Who cares? The summer league is like another way for those guys to go out and play basketball. He went against John Wall. John Wall is the number one pick. Why he? If he did all that against John Wall and he had a blip on the radar, why didn't he get drafted? He's John Wall was the number one pick because he went to Harvard. 
Who cares where you go to? <laughs> Who cares? If you can play basketball, you can play basketball. School doesn't matter. Where, where does on the sheet, does uh, the scouting he sheet go to say Harvard. Harvard. So you play a little bit different school, competition than you play at Kentucky. He's Asian, and that's your thinking of the scouts right now who no. should be fired. He's, he's Asian. He went to Harvard. He can't play in the NBA. Right. That's what that's what you're saying to me right now. Yeah, that's exactly what you're saying. To no, me. no, no, no. I'm saying that competition-wise, yeah, he played against he played against Brown. He plays against Dartmouth. He plays against Princeton. That's who cares? That's his the numbers, rim is still ten feet tall. But I, the numbers that you get at the Ivy League, unless you're scoring 45 a game, don't compare it to scoring scoring 17 at, points a game. Scoring scoring 17 at Kentucky Jordan, and scoring 17. Jordan at, scored 15 points a game in Carolina. 15 points. He averaged 15 points, 20, 20 points a game in Carolina with stars around him. He comes out here. Who knew Jordan was going to be Michael Jordan? Yeah, first, he didn't know he was going to be Michael Jordan. The first well, pick of, the, exactly. So, so now what are you talking about? The first pick of draft. Have you not watched Hoosiers? The first pick of the draft was Hakeem Olajuwon. You know who the second pick was in the draft was that same year? Sam Bowie. Sam Bowie. Yeah. Now Jordan comes out. You go tell me Houston made a bad pick and they should have took Jordan first because he didn't, act, he didn't average 45. you saying... You go to Harvard, no. Yale, Princeton, he should average 45 points. No. If you can play, you make other guys around you better. I'm saying scoring, having the same numbers at Kentucky in the SEC and having the same numbers as a player there as at Harvard, I don't want to get back to what, uh, I don't want to get back to initially what you were saying. If he's on the court and he's one of the five guys and his two superstars down, you got to find a way to win games. Sure, and now he did. you got to match and up. That's why this is huge. He thing. did it. Now you got to match up against guys like Darren Williams, who's probably who's the best guard in the league right now today. Yeah, yeah. You got to match up with him, and because it, he won that game, and there was two guards going against each other. Now everybody's saying that he he's destroyed Darren Williams. Darren Williams, he didn't get destroyed. Destroying somebody is what Darren Williams did to him. Yeah. No, that's true. I well, hold it on that. Here's another point. Looking at somebody like Jeremy Lin coming off the bench that people are saying He's he shouldn't be able to play like that. What is he doing? Blah, blah, blah. Everybody else in all the leagues sitting on the bench should be saying, well, shit, if he can do it, I can do it too. What am I going to do to step up my game and get my opportunity? Yeah, those guys are on that team for real. If you the coach, now, I, I, I personally didn't think uh, basketball head, offensive coaches, defensive coach. I think the head coach and he had his assistants, uh, but he had some defensive-minded guys. Now, if you the coach, you have about 50 guys in your camp. You keeping you keeping 15 to 17 of those guys on your team because you think they give you a chance to win basketball games. Mm-hmm. Now, who cares? Start I wouldn't say who cares. Let's say Stoudemire goes down. I want that next guy come in and be the player. That's like with any other team. Tom Brady got his job because um, the quarterback went down. Uh, what's Drew his name? Blesso. Drew Blesso went down. Tom Brady got his job and didn't look back. He's a six-round draft pick. I'm not comparing Jeremy Lin to Tom Brady, but when he got his opportunity, he stepped up and they won games. They win in games. They playing. It's part of it's how prepared are you going to yeah. be when your opportunity yeah, those, comes along to step up and, and do those what you other can teams do. and those other guys should have played him a lot different. He's not an unknown. That's that's the scouting department's fault. That's the NBA fault. Department fault. They know who's coming in and out of the league when it happens. Now he's sitting on the bench. He's getting cut. He's playing in the D League. Um, he can still play basketball. All I'm saying is, those other guys got to step up and win games. Yeah, but it's it's different in the NBA. Why? When you have superstars, different than what? You, there's there's, a, there's a bigger drop off in talent. Granted, there are the stories of a superstar gets hurt and then a bench player comes in and uh, and reigns supreme. Fine, and more times than not. Like okay, say, well, say Kobe goes down, say LeBron say, goes down, okay. say say Darren Williams goes down, Darren Williams who he goes be down, the superstar? yeah, you, you nobody. Say, they don't have. It doesn't work like that. Does you only a superstar 
uh, well, you have some type of skill. We got to go to break, but you have some, you have some talent to say we can make something out of this guy. I can take you and make you a superstar if I do put the right media around you. Yeah, I told yeah. New Orleans that when yeah. they got rid of Chris Paul. They, yeah. they won, uh, they won six games this year. Chris Paul wanted to be out of there. There was, who, I, who, I'm who? just saying, okay, then they, Paul, they should be winning games because they're professional basketball players. They it's not be, the same. They should be winning games, and that's why the chemistry of the New York Knicks and Jeremy Lin, that's why Carmelo couldn't come in and get off because their chemistry, he wants to take that last shot. He wants the ball. He wants to be able to do those things. And that's why awesome. he's trying to fit into Jeremy Lin. And why not when this guy is a spark? I'll make you a superstar tomorrow if I put the right media around you. Yeah, well, superstar. But on the court, he's been averaging 24 and, and 9 assists. So, I mean, he's, 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 his numbers are there. And he's supposed to win the games, which he's been doing. Right, but nobody, nobody expected Those it. Other guys, nobody expected it. Well, and that's part of the problem. The I story of expectation is what we expect is what we get. And we expect that, that second team, the bench, to not play well. They're not going to when they step up. You expect them to play well. You get an opportunity. They, they better be playing Let's, let's take a break. It's unfortunate we only got an hour in this show. Um, I'm about to... Yay. We'll be back. Formula Sports Talk. <laughs> Formula Sports Talk. We'll be back. We got uh, Down and Dirty coming up. You know, stop wasting time, money, and energy on recruits. Who becomes tomorrow disappointment? Deborah Debris, that's the president of Clear Edge. And we'll talk about that before the show ends. Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Spin it with Chuck Foreman has a spin on so much that's going on. It will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news. Spin it old school, which gives a back in the day approach from Chuck. A no spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Hey, well, welcome back to the Quamalot Sports Talk. We're back for the third segment. We're going to... Uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to kind of stay on this Jeremy Lin, but we're going to go in a different direction with Jeremy Lin. I, you know what? I, I'm not speechless, but I'm just thinking some people are just crazy. <laughs> no, it was, it was a we good... We're not pointing fingers. Yeah, no, we're fingers. It was a good segment, though. We had fun. We talked about it how we wanted to talk about it. It was good stuff. And we're probably going to talk a bit, little bit more about Jeremy Lin and, and what he is and who he is, not just at, for the Knicks, uh, but his sensation of coming to the league. I think he has handled the media very very well i think when he wins it's the team win when he loses i turn the ball over it's, it's it's on him and you do that superstars do that and i think he's a superstar in the making if he's in the right system because 
you know, when, when you're on the right when you're on the right team, you become who you are. But he has to be in the right system, and Dan Antonio's system is running gun, and he runs and gun. Yeah. Let's get down and dirty with Deborah. All right. And, yeah, I agree, Jeremy Lind. Um, he has handled the media really well, uh, and I, I really applaud him for that. What I want to talk about is setting boundaries, because whether it's Jeremy Lind or anybody out there who all of a sudden becomes that hot commodity, um, he's not the first. He won't be the, won't be the last one to be pushed into stardom. But the optimum word here is commodity. Um, the fact that this is a business and that now everybody wants a piece of him. They want to make money off of him in one way, shape, or form, or they want to be recognized or have some fame because they're around him in some way. It's not necessarily wrong. It's just something he needs to be aware of. There's going to be a lot of money thrown at him and a lot of opportunities between TV endorsements, products, those type of things. His agent right now is um, loving it because he's got an opportunity to make a lot of money as well. Everybody's in their face, including the uh, even the court side when they're doing the uh, interviews and such. So now he's got a whole part of his world that has nothing to do with basketball, that he's got to learn how to manage and how to be able to set his boundaries, learn quickly when to say yes and, more importantly, when to say no to these opportunities that are coming his way. The human aspect of this is it feels good. You know, I mean, there's a lot of love, there's respect, there's appreciation coming in his direction. He's getting more playtime, getting the interviews. People notice him, they care about him, or at least it feels like they care about him. And he's got to be able to separate the friends from the fanatics and the real from the rhetoric and be able to also look at the emotional aspect of this versus the logical aspect. And to separate the truth from fiction, you've got to look at not everybody really cares about you. But you need to care about you. And part of that is having these boundaries of knowing, you know, what do you want, why do you want it, and how does it fit into your values and your goals. To be able to um, pay attention to and focus on how you got to this point, which is your ability to play ball. And you've got to keep that focus on what's important, which is continuing to be able to improve your skills and play um, at the level you're playing and better. The second part is looking at the emotional aspect of looking at every deal that comes your, your direction and saying, you know, what's the end result that I want out of this? Knowing my values, my image, how am I going to separate and understand what do I want as an end result? How is it going to look and feel to me, to my family, to my team, to my fans? And to make sure that you really take care of understanding your end result, getting it listed out on a piece of paper, um, which may sound a little childish, but it's actually one of the best ways to do it because then any deal that comes your way, you can look at that and say, is this getting me closer to or further from what I really want in my life, short-term and long-term? And then you start bringing in the logical aspect of it, looking at the business mind of the financial time, you know, the long-term, short-term financial aspect of it. How much time is it going to take away from you and what's truly important to you and what liability potential is, um, potential liability is there and also look at is it going to be fun you know are you going to be able to enjoy this and really be able to keep your life in balance so on every deal that comes across um, your way whether you're a Jeremy Lin or whoever you might be you've got to look at it and say it might be a great deal but maybe it's a great deal for somebody else you know look at which ones are really the great deals for you because you've defined who you are what you want and don't sell your soul out you know, I'm reading as you as you're talking about that, and Jeremy Lance. One of the things uh, we talked about we talk about a lot is the media and how they can um, make you this guy or make you that guy. Right. But I'm also reading a, a statement about uh, at this level, it's not about talent. Um, although he has some talent, he he should be 
uh, where he is. I think he's in the right place in the New York Knicks. I'm trying to think of any other team that would run like that where he could be successful. But he's in the right place in the Knicks. I, I like the guy. Um, but I'm reading this, and these guys are all talented. But, you right. know, what stands out with these guys in Jeremy Lin, uh, I say one of the things is, and I get to that, but it's, it's more so this. If you don't learn how to – if you don't learn how – to keep your head in the game, even when you're ticked off, upset, completely frustrated, then you're out of the game and the next guy in. The next guy came in, and that was Jeremy Lin, and he mm-hmm. played well. And this, and Deborah Reed, this is, these are your words. Exactly. Um, but th- this guy is not only just a, an athlete who can take advantage of everything he has sitting in front of him right now. He's very marketable. Uh, and, yes. and I talk on the media. The media was just, that was my job to do, uh, to market this guy, to market you, Deborah, to market Alex. I'm going to find everything positive and blow it up times 10. That's right. And then get other people on it. Then call my buddies at this radio station, this TV station, mm-hmm. and say, do this for me. Yeah. I'm, that's, that is my job. It's time for the Wheaties, Fox. He's, he's, sure. he's uh, Asian. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he's Thailand, I, I want to say. Um, but he, mm-hmm. he has the whole Asian community right. that he can market. Jeremy Lin would not, if he is average next year, if he don't even play a play next year, he would be voted in the All-Star game. Because of the marketing I'm doing, Jeremy right. Lin is sitting on the bench now. Barring that, that's where I hope his agent knows what his agent needs to know right now. Right there, because there's him. a lot coming his direction, and he can make all sorts of great right. deals for now and in, and in the future. This guy can actually make more money, is kind of what right. you were saying. That's right. Outside of basketball, this is his retirement ever, plan. Than he would ever make, and uh, and barring any injuries, uh, he comes back. This guy's he's a he's voted into. That's why I take the votes out the fans' hands because he will. Yeah, I mean, never played a play last two years ago. Didn't play one pl- basketball play. Mm-hmm. Was MVP starter. I mean, um, um, the starter for the All Star game. Yeah. And, and, and Tracy McGrady didn't <laughs> play a game because Tracy McGrady was on the same team. Yeah, I mean, but all they saw was like, look at the roster. Let me vote for these guys. Right. Oh, uh, but he he has a lot of talent. I'm not gonna take anything away from him. It's a lot of things. Just us every day, you know, walking around. Has well, to work on some stuff. And you look at him. I mean, he's he's a, a good-looking kid, and he's got his act together. He talks intelligently. He's got he that little smile. Right he's yeah. He's talking about team. He's doing all those things. I mean, it's uh, you know. And it doesn't hurt. That his, doesn't hurt that his jersey is on back order on NBA.com. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even the bootleg jerseys are selling out of the store. Well, you know, <laughs> we got um. Let's let's go to a caller. We got Kenya Simone from uh, WGCI on. Uh, we don't know how long we're gonna have her. She's well, Kenya. Welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> You're about to start talking flick already. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. <laughs> Kenya, why did you hit me up when you were in town? Yeah, really. You know what? Girl. Kwame said he was going to text everybody, and yeah. I left it up Kwame to him, and I was like, I'm so sorry. I apologize, because obviously that was a huge mistake. Deborah, she needed about 20 minutes with you. Yeah. <laughs> Kwame, Kwame said <laughs> When I want well, something I mean, done, you know, you know why I'm so, I'm, May, so you know why I'm so behind on my things because I try to do it all by myself. When I Aww. you actually need some help, so I can't be worrying about Kenya Simone in town. Let me call somebody. <laughs> I just had to be a part of this Jeremy Lin topic. I am so loving him and what he's doing for the NBA right now. I think he's like revitalizing the NBA. Well, you, you know? know what? Let me ask you this: uh, He is, and we all got our opinions on him. Uh, I sure. like him. I think all of us like him, but. You know what he's doing for to lead who he is to lead. Now, mm-hmm. if Jeremy Lin is right where he is right now, isn't it your job if you're the marketing director, the media uh, public relations director, isn't it your job to, to blow this guy out the out the world across the oh. world? Because he and De- Deborah was just saying we this guy's gonna make more money off the table 
uh, than he will on his uh, NBA contract. But what you take advantage of that? Absolutely, you need to strike while the fire is hot, and he is definitely hot. And it's, it's well, they're calling it a Linderella story, but you know, like a Cinderella story that will tell everybody if you, not to just quit if you don't make it one time to keep going and keep trying. You can't give up on yourself or your dreams. So I think it's I think it's wonderful. Well, that's, that's the thing. I mean, he could end up with camps out of this. He could end up with dowels out of this, bobbleheads. Sure. I mean, there's so much stuff that could be done around if this. If I made bobbleheads right now, I would be making a Jersey Land bobblehead. That's right. Mm-hmm. Not for the Knicks, but just for him and put him mm-hmm. in every jersey he's ever been in. Now, we was we were, uh, we were debating uh, earlier in the Clancy cor- on Clancy's Corner. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy, uh, Jeremy Lin, and, and who he is to the Lakers, uh, you know, <coughs> he's coming to the right decision. Uh, but I think... With this guy winning, and they, I, I now believe they have to fit around him. Him uh, and Carmelo try to do that, and now you know, being a fan, I'm a fan of basketball. I'm not, I don't have mm-hmm. any fan, no specific guy or I mean specific team. I got more of, of uh, the person. Uh, but being a fan, and they've given up so much that quick on Carmelo. He comes in, you see uh, Marshmallow on as the headlines. Uh, right, but. When you got that superstar in Carmelo, and he's trying to fit into a German land who just popped on the scene, and who's mm-hmm. it? Um, I, I think this team easily, the New York Mets, can be third. I mean, you got the Miami Heat, who's going to destroy them. You got, um, I wouldn't say destroy. You better say I, I, I want to say, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm about to say Chicago, but you got you got the Boston Celtics, Miami Heat, Boston Celtics, Chicago, but with the right chemistry, and, and I like mentally where Jeremy Lin is uh, on this team and and what he does. Now, if he can stop turning the ball over so much. He's still, yeah. They still win them games. He's putting up 20-plus points a game. That, that's a win situation. But don't turn the ball over. Some of the great guys that, that played in the league turned the ball over, but they was able to make. And what he does, he get other teams and other guys involved. And that was his yeah. thing. And Carmelo was trying to fit in, and I thought that's the reason why he was in a slump. But it is the chemistry thing that takes a mm-hmm. while to mesh. Well, it's yeah, not really going to be the chemistry. And we were talking about that the other day. you you got to take the good with the bad. Like everybody is focusing on all the good that he's doing. But look at the, the turnovers that he's making and help him develop into an all-around good player. And, and you've really got something on your hands. The Knicks have a prize in Jeremy Lin. Well, that's the thing. You leverage what's good and you fix right. what's not working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I think the thing that if the, if they want to climb up the the uh, the standings in the East, Carmelo is a the, the ball dies in his hands. That's always how it's been. He's been mm-hmm. he's been a prolific scorer, but he's never really been a teammate, more or less. Uh, sure. So if he can if he can learn how to play in the D'Antoni system, which is running gun, as you were saying earlier, then there's a chance that they can actually make some noise, especially if Jeremy Lin continues to play the way that he's playing. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I th- and that's uh, one of the reasons why Carmelo wasn't so... But well, he was back from a growing injury, so it's not a whole lot to do. And you want to test that, but the past, uh, Carmelo has been the guy who held the ball too long. The clock was running, now it's too late to pass. Now you try to pass it if you don't have a shot. But once you move the ball around, you can see what Lynn in, in this lineup, the ball is moved around about two or three, three mm-hmm. or four times before they take a shot. And he's he's finding a way to create his own shot. I think defensively, he's got to figure out where his help is coming from because guys that with some talent right now, as far as the, some of the best point guards, are taking it to him defensively. Right, and well, defense comes with experience. I mean, that that's the thing that most players coming out of college, you know, one, two years out, struggle with the most, unless you're touted defensively as coming out of college. But as big guys, you know, like DeMarcus Cousins is, is a beast down low already. He's only two years out of college. But uh, especially guards, you know, it takes a while. Unless, you know, Chris Paul played yeah. defense in college. So, and, and I see these guys. I see Jeremy Lin on the floor telling 
guys who's been in the league longer than him where to go. But he's exactly. he's, set he's on the, taking the leadership role. He's taking the leadership. Mm-hmm. If you can lead, if you can lead like that, and you've only played nine games or ten games, I have no problem with that. Um, but take care of the ball. Do what you're supposed to do. Put us in position to win. I think the Knicks. The uh, the uh, Knicks have been in position to win games since Jeremy Lin been in, in the lineup. All what he did is gave them a pretty good bench, guys who can come off the bench, who shoot better than him, who has more be- basketball knowledge than he does. Uh, so he made that team a better team once they can get in the playoffs. And depending on where they go in the playoffs, you don't want to play the Miami Heat first in the playoffs. So right. you better try to work your way up. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. Ken, I don't know how long you can stay with us. We'll take a break. We'll co- and we'll come back and talk a little bit more of that. Deborah's going to be at the uh, NFL Combine. We want to get a little insight on that uh, on what she's going down there to do. Kwamala Sports Talk. We'll be back in about 75 seconds. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. If you want to talk about the East Coast sports scene, particularly from the Southeast, make sure you tune in to the Jeff Owen Show every Tuesday. Yeah, we'll talk about some of the other teams and news that's out there, but host Jeff Owens and co-host Tasha Humphrey know the inside and out of the Georgia college sports world, and they were born there, raised there, and still live the scene. We'll talk about every sport imaginable. Tune in on Tuesday at 7 p.m. East Coast time, 4 p.m. in the West, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Is that um is that enough Asian music for uh, Jeremy Lin? It's not. <laughs> I, I, I'm, no, I'm sorry. Play some hip hop. He wanted to stream that. I, I like the guy. I, I like the guy. He welcome back. He came in because oh, of someone okay. else was injured, and he has been a thorn in the Chicago Bulls' side every <laughs> time we play the Hawks. Yeah, yeah, no, I like what this guy is, uh, so far he's carrying himself, uh, well. Uh, he hasn't been in the league or been in the media attention enough. It just hit him on in the face right away. And he's saying all the right things, doing all the right things, but this guy actually can play basketball. Mm hmm. He actually. He seems very humble, too, so I, that's always a good thing. I think, I think, um, most Asians are humble. And, and, and most black, you know and most black people are brash. They like to brag a lot and then do something. I'm just saying what it is. I'm speaking for myself, so don't don't so take. What, what about, because what about Voice America will be quick to say uh, we're not responsible for anything that the host <laughs> exactly. says. Look at this claimer out. Yeah, like, they, 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 like that guy on ESPN that just got in big trouble. No, I'm thinking I like the guy for real. He, is he is he Asian or not? No, but the more important question is: Is he Asian or not? The more important question is: I, Is he good? Is he good? Yeah. Oh, well, no, no. Good, good. Would you like him? Was good. Would you like him if he was losing? 
If I would, would I like? Ooh. He wouldn't be. He wouldn't be in the media if they were losing. Sure, he would. He would. No, he where? If he's a starting point guard, and they're where? <laughs> well, he wouldn't be in this. He wouldn't be in the media attention. The jerseys would still be on the shelves. He and would be in the D league if he was losing. Who, who are they going to start? If Baron Davis is still hurt, he came back last night. But who else are they going to play? Alice, they were just about to get traded. That guy uh, seven yeah. days before they even played him. If he was losing, he wouldn't be getting as yeah, much time. Right. He wouldn't but be I, getting as much time that he's getting now. And he's on. A, he's he's getting like forty minutes a game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if not over. So, yeah. so he's played. Yeah. So he started ten games. You know, they went eight and two. He has he has gaudy numbers. A lot of people are saying mm-hmm. that the numbers are because of the system, which I think is horse crap. Either yeah. just because your system's running gun doesn't mean you have that. It's easier to put the ball in the basket. Yeah. You just have more opportunities to because you have the ball more. I think he's the next guy up, as as Deborah stated in a lot of her literature. He's the next guy in, uh, and he's taking advantage of it. That's the story to me. But through I, ten games, yes. Yeah, yeah, through ten games. But don't don't tell me he struggled to get to where he is. He didn't struggle. I, I don't see Why, that. Because he went to Harvard, you I, think he didn't struggle? He struggled in getting to where he is in basketball. What, when? Maybe where? not all throughout his life. Well, come when you're... Your your heart is in this place, and you really want to do, and you really want to do well. And every team that picks you up cuts you. Ultimately, you you know you can start filling the remnants of that. Like man, maybe I'm not as good as I think it's I am. And that's even, when you're gonna fail. It's before you even get a chance. And he actually got a chance. And then look look at what he's what doing. What are y'all talking about? This is the um, the same thing that happens every year in the National Football League, and it's only a certain amount of spot for this guy in basketball. He didn't struggle. He just came up at the right team, the right time. A struggle is not a year in basketball. There's guys I know that play four or five years that can't even get, still coming to me, Kwame, who you know in the league, who you know that knows this person. I say, I, I don't know. I see who I know, and I find out. They are still trying to get an NFL after four or five years, and maybe they've been in one year and, and got released two times like Jeremy Lin has. It's relative. It's when, between sports. It's, it's relative. relative. It's relative because you're talking about basketball and football. Yeah. It's not relative. The situation is still the same. No, I'm talking about I basketball call, and football. Okay. I don't call struggling what he did. I don't call it struggling. I call him in the right place at the right time, which most people love to be. I was in the right. I went to the right team at the right time. I didn't get drafted. I don't hold it against anybody, but I was in the right place at the right time. You're not going to tell me I can't do something that I so got a passion struggle, for. Kwame? You didn't struggle. You don't think you struggle? Depends on your definition of struggle. I didn't struggle. I didn't struggle. I didn't get drafted. I don't say not getting drafted as equates uh, to struggling. I didn't struggle. I came in and I knew what I was coming in here for. If you cut me, so what? I won't go struggle. There was uh, thirty more teams. There was twenty nine more teams when I came in. Oh, and actually, there was thirty one more teams when I came in. I I came in with a purpose. You gonna tell me I'm not fast enough to play corner? I'm not big enough to play safety? You tell me I came in. I run a four three. I run a four four two. I run a four four two. Uh, eight coming out of college, and I played both positions at a high level. I don't call that struggle, but my passion was to come in and play the game because you're going to try to tell me I can't play. And I watched first-round draft picks get cut because of me. Well, I think that the, the the issue here is what's the definition of struggle? Of struggle. Yeah, because yeah. if you look at struggle as you've got to wait and you've got to play the game and you've got to do all this kind of stuff and then maybe kind of almost you'll finally get in, or you look at it from Kwame's point of view and some of my guys that have you know gone from free agency into you know, into football, they they went from the 90 to the 53, but they didn't even get on the 53. They got on the practice squad, and it was like, oh, man, you know, now I'm here on the practice squad. And it's like, dude, you're in the best position possible, and now they're playing in the league. They're signed. Uh-huh. So you could call it a struggle, or you could say you had more passion, more drive, more motivation than anybody to show your skills and finally get somebody to notice you. 
Right, because them guys that are on the practice squad, they got plenty of chance with that team and other teams. Because any other team That's can right, take you watching. off. They yeah. can take you off that practice squad if they want to. I don't call it a struggle because I, I didn't get drafted or I made the practice squad. I call it a struggle when I got released like five, ten times, and I still have that passion to do it. And I keep going team after team, and this is a struggle. Struggles bring success. I struggled right. for three or four years trying to make an NFL team. I finally make the team, and now I'm the Jeremy Lin. That's mm-hmm. struggle. I don't call struggling getting cut from Golden State. Golden State would love to have him right now. We talked about this earlier. They'd love to have that guy right yeah, now. Yeah, now that he's yeah. gotten an opportunity to prove what, what he knew he could do all along. But that's sure. one of the things we're talking about. And Alex saying on, on a whole other level, I'm saying, who are these scouts? Who are these guys who are supposed to go out there? They are Ivy League scouts. They are um, Division three scouts. They are uh, Division one scouts. You have a scout for every program in basketball. You used to have a high school scout till most of uh, the black guys start coming right out of high school. They couldn't have that, so they made them go to college for a year. And that's for the business of a college. I would want a John Wall to go to college first and go to a Kentucky and, and, and pub the college up, that big foundation they have where they generate millions of dollars. Now, why they don't do that in baseball? There's no struggles. You got Strasburg comes right out of high school. There's a guy from my high school at Mitchfield High School in Virginia. Comes right out of high school. He's a pitcher. Goes right to the major, gets ten, fifteen million dollars. Never pitched against, or never went against the major. went to San Diego State. San, yeah, he went to college first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went to San Diego State. Came for one year, right? I I can't remember. For one year, two. I would love these guys to go to college if it's across the board the same way. Mm-hmm. But you gotta find a struggle to me because but it's different sports. Cause sports has baseball has nine different farm systems. They do. And these guys make like a hundred dollars a week playing baseball. Talking about struggle. Like that no, is, I would say that's a struggle, mm-hmm. baseball, because yeah, but in their maybe in their country, a hundred dollars a week is feeding now. No, that's the United States. <laughs> no, not in the United States. Yeah, yeah, no, because they got triple, they got one A, two A, three A, and baseball here, and then after that, they got a lot of farm teams. Yeah, it's it's how many levels can we get? Yeah, now you give me a guy right. who <laughs> you give me a guy with, on that farm team that make it to the major. I say, oh yeah, he struggled. <laughs> He deserved to be here. Yeah. And there's a lot of guys with talent. It takes more than just talent, though, to get you to the uh, major sports. It sure. takes, you it always got to be in the right place at the right time unless you're a superstar. Yeah, I, it's, it's, you know, we can argue about this, but, you know, Deborah's going to be the voice of reason. She, uh, <laughs> it's, it's the old defiant struggle for us. Cause I, saw you, I felt you, Kenya, trying to argue with me. You just like Alex. Because <laughs> we like being right, too. Well, right. Okay, yeah. well be 96% time <laughs> right like I am. You can be the four percent. Doesn't matter. Kenya, what's going on out there? Thank God the music came in. Oh, we supposed yes. <laughs> <laughs> this hey, show. Oh my goodness, Kenya, what you got going on, real quick, Deborah? Um, RockWithMe.com. That's what I was out in the Arizona for. We're launching it. It's going to be a fantastic website. I'll talk more about it next week. Okay, go to uh, Clearage YourClearage.com. Check out Deborah. We run out of time. I was just going. I thought we had more time than this. Some got to change, and it will. <laughs> hey, this is Chrome Live Sports Talk. We had a good show, good stuff. Uh, Clancy Corners, Down and Dirty with Deborah. Thanks for the call, Kenya Simone, WGCI. No we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in this week. Come back next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.